O Holy Spirit of God, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for Thee. Amen. When I was uh, 16 years old, my father let me take his Oldsmobile 98 out one Friday night, thinking that I was going to go joyriding with my friends. What I didn't tell him was that I was going to drive by myself over to the uh, football field at NC State University there in Raleigh where we lived, to Carter Stadium, to hear Billy Graham preach. It was raining cats and dogs. I was soaked before I even got into the stadium. But the stadium was full of people just like me, all sitting there in anticipation of hearing the great man preach. And preach he did. Billy stood down on a little platform in the middle of this soggy football field in the driving rain, nobody holding an umbrella over him. There was no canopy over his head. He was wearing a little London fog raincoat getting drenched to the bone waving his floppy Bible in the air and preaching his heart out. And I listened and I waited and I heard and I had never heard preaching like that before in my life. Because Billy Graham was inviting me, John Howard, to come with him to the foot of the cross. Because Billy Graham was inviting me, John Howard, to lay down my burdens, forget my cares. I was 16 then, but what did I know? But I had them, and I heard his invitation. And we all got wetter and wetter And Billy preached and preached. And you know what? That was the moment there in that driving rain, listening to that man preach, in which I knew that I never wanted to do that for a living. (laughs) At any rate, the moment came, the moment came at the end of that sermon, in which Billy Graham said to all of us, he said, Now, This is your hour of decision. You remember that from his TV and radio program? This is your hour of decision. This is the moment of crisis in your life. This is a a crossroads. This is an opportunity. This is a time for you to make a choice. Come here, stand beside me at the foot of the cross on the soggy, level playing field of this football stadium. Or don't. But it's up to you to choose. Now, what I know now after all these years, it may not be entirely up to me. God's at work in me, summoning me, pulling me, pushing me, 
opening the way, but I heard that invitation. And then as the, as the notes of the hymn that we just sang began to strike up in the football stadium, the big, big organ they had there for that purpose, just as I am without one plea except that Jesus died for me, I began to see people get up all around me off the, off the bleachers and up out of the stands. First there were, there were two or three of them and then four or five, then, then 25, then a few dozen, finally hundreds and before long, thousands of people out of a crowd of maybe 15 or 20,000 that night. It, it, it was, as I said, a Friday night after all. Thousands of people went down to the field to have... Billy Graham pray with them and for them and to ask Jesus Christ to come into their lives. I've never forgotten that evening. I've never forgotten it and I've never forgotten the message that was preached that night because what I heard wasn't just a message of soft, superficial sentimentality. Nor was what I heard a message of tough, fire and brimstone, hell and damnation. What I heard that night was a a gloriously gracious message. A message of the hope that Jesus Christ, through His death on the cross, holds out to you and me. That knowing Him, coming to Him, trusting in Him, accepting the gift which He wants to give us, we might be free. Free. Now to my 16-year-old mind, which was not terribly theologically well-trained and certainly wasn't mature, I didn't understand how important that message could be. It took me a while. It took me a few years. It took me probably halfway through seminary when I came to understand that that message was not particularly being taught to me there <laughs> for me to really come to understand the gospel of grace, the gospel of mercy, the gospel of forgiveness, the gospel of a gift freely given, life-changing and transformation. I heard once about a, an elderly Jewish man, a Polish Jew, who had lived through the Second World War, lived through the, the Holocaust, and of, of his memories, his memories of, of seeing the, uh, the uh, blood of his friends and relatives literally uh, flowing in the streets of Warsaw, Poland. And there was a man uh, who asked him once upon a time how it was that after having seen all of those terrible things, after having lived through those events, after having watched all of his loved ones die, it could be that he, this elderly man to whom I'm referring, could have converted from Judaism to Christianity. How it is that after surviving the Holocaust and, and, and losing family and friends and seeing these terrible things, he could have left the religion of his youth to become a Christian. 
And the old man's answer was one that Billy Graham would have preached. One that Billy Graham would have approved of. He said that the gospel of Jesus Christ first began to lay hold of him, first began to claim him because it asked him to see God in a new way, in a different way, to to see the love of God where he always was in his memories, in his thoughts, in his loss, and that is in those blood-stained streets of Warsaw on a cold, gray winter morning. Christianity, you see, asked him to see the love of God not somewhere else, not in, not in mere abstraction, but in the midst of sacrifice and ultimately in the blood of Calvary. To see his own grief and despair transformed, lifted up, claimed by the Lord on the cross, and changed. Changed from loss, changed from despair, into mercy and grace. The old Jew said, I looked upon that man, Jesus Christ, on the cross, And I knew that I was at the point of final crisis and decision in my life. I knew as I looked upon Him that I must make up my mind once and for all. Either take my stand there beside Him, accepting what He had done for me, or else fall back finally into the bottomless pit of bitterness and hatred and unutterable despair. Billy Graham couldn't have preached it better. Jesus lifted up on the cross, somehow drew that old man to him. What What the old man saw, what he knew is that root fact of human experience that We are powerless to rid ourselves of the cancerous, fatal sickness of sin. That we cannot avoid isolation from and rebellion against goodness and meaning and life which is within each of us. That somehow that that grain, that... That, that kernel of, of human nature which is within us alienates us. Alienates us from one another, alienates us from God, alienates us from our very selves. And we can't bridge that gap. We can't cover that distance. We can't be reconciled to neighbor, to God, even to ourselves without divine, supernatural intervention. Uh, we, we think we're ingenious. We have our schemes. We try to perf- perfect ourselves. We try to become good enough and smart enough. We want to be polished enough to stand on even ground. 
We want God to reward us with His recognition and His acclaim. And the more we do so, the further and further into the wilderness we are driven. And so the cross draws us. And so the cross draws us. It draws all of us, the lonely, the alienated, the hungry for love, the immature 16-year-old. It draws all of us. And there, on the cross, we see the very body of God pierced by our rebellion, His heart broken by our treachery, and yet even in His dying breath, even in His dying breath, reaching out to us, trying to bridge that gulf which we have created. The forgiveness of God passes understanding. His mercy, His grace, His love freely given, its healing power is incomprehensible. Over 150 years ago, uh, an Anglican priest, later to become a Roman Catholic cardinal, John Henry Newman, preached one of the great sermons ever delivered. It was entitled, The Cross of Christ and the Measure of the World. The Cross of Christ and the Measure of the World. Its text was this verse, John 12, 32. And I, Jesus talking, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. When I'm crucified, my mercy, my grace, my love, my gift, freely given and transformational, will draw all humanity to me, and they will be changed. Let me ask, Newman said, what is the real key, the Christian interpretation of this world? What is given us to estimate and measure the world by? The answer, the crucifixion of the Son of God. It has given a meaning to the various shifting courses, the trials, the temptations, the sufferings of this earthly state. It has brought together and made consistent all that seemed discordant and aimless. It has taught us how to live, how to use this world, what to expect, what to desire, what to hope. It is the tone into which all the strains of this world's music are ultimately to be resolved. The tone, the tone into which all the strains of this world's music are ultimately to be resolved. Go to the court of princes, Newman preached. See the treasure and skill of all nations brought together. Do you wish to know the worth of it all? Then look at the cross. Go to the political world. See nation jealous of nation. Trade rivaling trade. Armies and fleets matched against each other. What is the end of all this turmoil? The grave. The grave. What is its measure? The cross. 
Go again to the world of intellect and science. Consider the wonderful discoveries which the human mind is making, the variety of arts to which its discoveries give rise, the, the pride and confidence of reason, and the absorbing devotion of thought to transitory objects. Would you form a right judgment of all this? Then look at the cross. Again, look at misery, look at poverty, destitution, oppression, captivity. Go where food is is scarce and lodging unhealthy. Consider pain and suffering, all that's frightful and revolving. Would you know how to rate all these? Gaze at the cross. Thus in the cross and Him who hung upon it, all things meet. All things meet. All things subserve it. All things need it. It is their center and their interpretation. For He, He was lifted up upon it that He might draw all men and all things unto Him. That cross is where you and I come today to meet God. It is the place where you and I learn that at the core of all, there can be meaning. And that there is a God who is personal, caring, purposeful, and generous. Cross is a place of sacrifice, a place where we learn that God takes our sinfulness, our loneliness, and our alienation seriously. Years ago, when I was still practicing law in Raleigh, North Carolina, I had lunch every now and then with a very good forensic psychiatrist, a psychiatrist who came into court to testify about the mental capacity of those accused of crimes. And one day over lunch, I don't know why I did it, but I I asked him in one of our deeper moments of conversation and sharing if there was any one thing that he wished more than anything else that he could do for his clients that moment I'm not sure I knew I know I really didn't care what his religion was but he answered me without a moment of hesitation and his answer stunned me he said yes I wish that I could say to them come to the foot of the cross know the love the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ I wish I could take each of them on a journey which I have known that they might have a fresh start and a new beginning on the account of the love of God. Just as I am of thy great love, the breadth, length, depth, and height to prove, 
here for a season, then above. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Amen. And now unto God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit be ascribed as is most justly due all might, majesty, dominion, honor, and praise this day and in his church forevermore. Amen.